Welcome back to another episode, Movement Talks. Very excited to get this one going. How are you doing today, Merck? Outstanding, everybody. Cannot wait to hear uh, this conversation. Just excited to see all these amazing teams uh, from the Cosmos and the Modular Space coming together. Very exciting. I think we got enough of our speakers here. We'll, we'll give a couple minutes for more people to join in. But I feel like now's a good time to start getting into some intros. Uh, thank you all so much for coming. We're really excited to be talking about this incredible integration, these amazing projects and people that are here on stage with us today. Uh, Rushi, do you want to kick things off from the movement side, give a little bit of a movement intro? We can give our guests some time to jump in and, and we can keep things rocking. I can't hear him. Is that the? Is that just me? Yeah, I can't hear him either. Oh, okay, cool. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I thought I was tripping. All right, cool. Um, would you want to start us off from the union side while we wait for Rushi to come back up? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Karel, uh, founder of Union. Uh, at Union, we do sovereign interoperability, so completely trustless interop based on. Please continue. I think I think uh, Ruzi's having some technical difficulties. I'll message him. Please continue. Yeah, I think, guys, I'm having some technical difficulties as well. There seems to be a lot of lag on my side. Just going to reconnect. Folks, this is the beauty of Twitter spaces, of X spaces. They, uh, you know, they rug every now and again, but we're going to get things going. We're going to get them right. Nick, thank you for being here. Um, we're, we're waiting on some folks from the Noble side, bringing up the union team. Uh, can you hear me all right, Nick? I can. Yeah. You want me to introduce myself? Yeah, I would love that, man. I would love that. I'm glad that we have one of our guests. It seems to be working well. Please, please go ahead. Yeah, we have Elon to thank for that. Um, Hey guys, I'm Nick White. I'm the CEO uh, at Celestia Labs and we're building Celestia, which is the first modular blockchain network. And specifically, Celestia is a modular data availability layer. So what we focus on is um, you know, supplying data availability to layer twos and rollups uh, so that they can scale and um, keep costs really low so we can onboard lots of people to uh, crypto. And we're kind of you know, pioneers and you know, very bullish on the concept of modular blockchains, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, but basically it's about decomposing the stack into separate components so that each like of those components can be specialized and um, specific protocols can tackle them. And it basically enables a lot of more flexibility and specialization in um, Web3. Oh, I guess I could go next. Is my audio finally better? Um, yes, yes, you're per- you sound let's perfect. Let's go. Elon didn't wreck me this time. Um, I can get off. I'm Rashid, co-founder of Movement Labs, um, background as engineering, um, got into the Aptos and movie system pretty early on as a builder, um, and then was fortunate enough to stumble across the whole Celestia modules thesis and thought, um, what better way to bring my work at the movie system um, to the forefront of Celestia and the modular stack? Um, so here we are building M2, 
the first move roll up on Ethereum, powered by Celestia for data availability, um, and super, super excited to be on this basis um, in the integration, discuss working with Union, discussing USDC integrations. Um, one of the biggest issues I face as a builder, um, building with one of the first DEXs on Aptos was lack of stable coins day zero. Um, there's lack of liquidity. There's pretty much only two or three assets at the time on the DEX. So as a builder, it was very difficult for me to attract users, attract liquidity um, to my product. Now, th thanks to the modular st stack and the modular thesis, um, we now have USCC available from Noble, um, IBC enabled out of the box, as well as having direct access to ETH, um, TIA, and a few other great assets that make um, the life of DEXs and DeFi protocols a lot more interesting in today's DeFi environment. Amazing. Krug, are you back with us? Oh, he might be bugged still. Well, we're going to bring up Noble as well um, and, and have them go ahead. Julia, can you hear us? Hi. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Um, how's it going? It's going great. It's going great. Thank you for joining us. Would you care to give a little introduction to Noble as we kick things yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so I'm Yelena. Uh, I'm the co-founder CEO of Noble. Uh, Noble is a Cosmos uh, blockchain. We're uh, specialized uh, to do native asset issuance. Uh, we brought native USDC to Cosmos. And our mission is to work um, with asset issuers that are more on the kind of regulated, kind of uh, like stablecoin RWA side to bring them on chain uh, to the wider sort of app chain roll up world. Uh, we're deeply, um, you know, we're deep co cosmonauts. So take advantage of a lot of the innovation around things like IBC and, and the Cosmos SDK. Um, and yeah, su super excited to be here. And um, thanks for having me. And thanks for being here. We've been having a bit of some minor technical difficulties. So I feel like you got here right in time. And thank you all to everybody that's in the audience tuning in. Um, we've been really excited from our side to kick this off. And uh, I think we'll give Corella a couple seconds to rejoin um, so that he can do the introduction on the union side of things. Uh, but in the meantime, I'll just, you know, shamelessly show the incredible organizations that are here, the amazing people. If you see at the top, Union, Noble, Celestia are all tagged. To my left is the movement page. Please go ahead and, and follow all those pages and show them some love. Uh, these are some incredible teams and some incredible people. We got a great conversation planned for you today. Um, while we wait for Union to join, maybe we can kind of kick up a little bit of the conversation that we're having today. Talk a little bit about, you know, why this is an important integration. Um, so, Jelena, from the Noble side, could you talk a little bit about, you know, the introduction of USDC to the Cosmos app chains? You know, where this introduction kind of enhances that approach and, and makes things more smooth, more efficient, more accessible? Yeah, totally. Um, okay, well, let me give some like background because maybe uh, for folks joining, uh, they don't have as much context on sort of um, what uh, kind of happened uh, to kind of bring us here. So I've been a Cosmos uh, contributor for the past uh, few years. Uh, and so uh, as many of you might know, um, a, few, a couple years ago, uh, we had uh, Terra, which was a really, really um, kind of core part of the Cosmos ecosystem uh, and their native stablecoin uh, UST being a dominant uh, sort of stable pair on uh, you know, many DeFi protocols, many DEXs with, within the ecosystem. And so um, uh, around that time, uh, I was working um, around a various, uh, uh, I was working on shared security models uh, within the Cosmos ecosystem, specifically interchange security. And so 
when uh, UST depegged and um, you know things sort of went to went to zero, uh, you know we had this crisis moment in, in the ecosystem where we had no uh, native uh, stablecoin that could be used, uh, you know, for for a variety of, of activities, you know, whether that's DeFi or or, or elsewhere. And so, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so myself and a few others kind of came together. And we, we said, okay, how do we kind of work with uh, issuers like, like a circle to make them comfortable with, with Cosmos, uh, you know, with the stack and, 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 and more specifically the, the very sort of sovereign kind of decentralized nature of the ecosystem. Um, as, as many of you kind of probably already understand, the Cosmos ecosystem is very different than, um, you know, something like uh, Ethereum or Solana where it's very monolithic in nature, you know, not as modular, not as, you know, permissionless, so to speak. And so um, getting Circle sort of comfortable with, um, you know, Cosmos and, 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 and kind of issuing in Cosmos, um, you know, what was a whole kind of process. And so we really built Noble uh, kind of from the ground up to kind of, one, consider the kind of concerns of, of an issuer like a Circle to, again, do native issuance in, you know, in Cosmos. So there, you know, something like USDC would be super, super interoperable, um, you know, with all other Cosmos chains and, you know, in the near future with, um, you know, rollups um, that they would be, you know, deeply liquid, um, you know, uh, very uh, kind of accessible from a user experience perspective, you know, not having to, you know, deal with, uh, you know, bridging and, and, and those complexities. And so that's really uh, kind of our vision. We, we really... Um, you know, see ourselves as kind of an ambassador um, in many ways um, for the ecosystems we kind of work with, whether that's the Celeste ecosystem, the Move ecosystem, the, you know, kind of broader Cosmos ecosystem to, uh, to say, okay, you know, we have all these incredible applications, you know, um, you know, kind of use cases being developed. Okay, how do we kind of, you know, supercharge them, 10x them with, you know, something like, you know, native stables, native RWAs, things like this kind of, kind of coming to the ecosystem. So, um, yeah. That, that's really our, our kind of mission. And, you know, again, really excited to be here and sort of be chatting with, um, you know, kind of a, a, a much larger ecosystem than sort of, sort of the core Cosmos um, chains. So, yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for being here. And you're literally a lifesaver because uh, this you are making this such a smoother start than the way that it began. I think we now finally have the union team up here with us as well. Uh, Elon finally allowed our space to really kick, kick off. So, Karel or Emir, do you guys want to give a, a little union introduction and we can really send it? Yeah, let's hope that it works right now. I just switched to my laptop. Um, so, with union, uh, we're basically sovereign interoperability protocol. We really focus on IBC compatibility, uh, trustlessness, permissionless, uh, and above all, being really integrated in the modular stack. Uh, why is this important? So A, the modular stack is great, allows for a ton of experimentation, but it makes a lot of things a lot more complicated as well. Uh, now you need to, for lifetime days bridging, connect to Celestia, connect to Ethereum, and connect to the rollup itself. So from a tech perspective, the space is a bit more complex, but also a lot more interesting. Uh, secondly, why do you want this type of interrupt? So with the modular space, right? We want a thousand L2s. We want uh, app chains, we want loads of experimentation. We want basically every single app to be its own environment, which means that we need to stop using kind of these centralized bridging providers because they just don't scale, right? If you have one team that needs to vet and integrate a new ecosystem, you're going to wait for a six to 12 month queue to be supported in that bridging ecosystem. Um, and that's not how like, interrupt should work. That's not even how uh, internet should work, right? You need to be able to de deploy new servers, deploy new apps, and not wait until a long queue. 
Uh, that's very much why Union went with IBC to basically build a system that could hyperscale beyond what our team is capable of doing and beyond what like any single team can do. Uh, and to allow this, like you need the highest security standards because otherwise, uh, if you don't have a centralized party that vets individual chains, someone could create a malicious L2 and try to write like uh, get into this bridging system and perhaps mint assets or do something else fraudulently. So at like every single layer, we need to take security at the high standards. We need to take speed at the high standards as well. Because obviously, like if you build this perfect theoretical system, but uh, bridging times are five minutes, no one's going to want to use it, right? Uh, so you also need to be able to outcompete centralized parties. And this is what we try to do with Union and uh, what we're going to do with uh, Movement and with uh, Noble. Oh, yeah. Follow-up question to that. Carl, I know you guys have experimented a lot with CK, IBC. Um, do you want to like, touch on like what that is and like how it's different than traditional IBC implementations and how like, any zero knowledge um, integrations kind of make sense for what you guys are focused on? Yeah. So uh, first of all, it's for scalability. Uh, on Cosmos chains, IBC is quite often a little bit subsidized, but Cosmos chains have a lot more compute space as well. Um, on Ethereum, you don't. So if you're going to do this lifeline-based bridging, you're either going to pay 10 million gas per lifeline's update, which might need to occur every five Cosmos blocks. Not a great deal, to be honest. It's very expensive to operate. And you're going to waste all of Ethereum's block space. Or you need to basically use CKIBC. The problem then becomes how fast can you generate proofs? And what we saw before with Polymer CK Mint, it's around 80 seconds, which is relatively slow. Um, but, but still like reasonably fast enough for bridging purposes. Um, but you might need to run this on many machines. Uh, with Union, what we really tried to accomplish was uh, A, like do this really fast. In our latest benchmarks, we produce proofs in about eight to 10 seconds, depending on the machine, and be able to do this on consumer hardware. So right now we benchmark on M2 uh, MacBooks. Why you want consumer hardware? If the union team runs like a massive server farm to generate these CK proofs and we, very quickly, and the union team disappears, who's going to run these server farms, right? If you need a full DevOps team and need to burn a million of your VCs funding a month to keep the system operating, you can't really sufficiently decentralize it. So you want to be able to have every single validator, every single end user participate. Very much to be honest, Nick, like you guys do with Celestia, right? Like run a light client everywhere. Ideally, we can run a proof everywhere as well. And some points, maybe even do browser-based proofing. Now, after like you have the scalability portion, ZK IBC opens up a lot of other opportunities, uh, which, for example, proof aggregation. Right, instead of like many light clients on a chain, can you perhaps like compress all of the proofs of all of these light clients into one ZK proof again, and then you have a proof of proofs for like the whole modular stack, and that means that in the end, we're basically only spending like 0.1% of our block space on bridging itself, which is kind of like the best, right? As we saw with Celestia's launch, there was no block space on Osmosis to do both IBC and actual trading. So ideally, like in a couple of years, like block space allocation for bridging basically goes to zero. I think one more follow-up. Um, often criticism of like ZK implementations that often go under the radar is like the proving costs associated. In this world, we're bringing IBC everywhere and we're doing like millions of IBC transfers. Um, how do you get to address like the high proving costs that exist uh, with current ZK IBC implementations. I know that Polygon is doing a great, do great job like really looking into um, a unique prover system with their Plonky 2 implementation. Um, there's been like Halo 2 implementations elsewhere. Um, how have you guys addressed the concern of proving costs, especially in bridging? Yeah, to be honest, um, it's a lot of uh, engineering grinding. 
do a lot of low-level optimizations, high-level optimizations. We use NARC ourselves, which is by consensus, and but we found like one of the great libraries, uh, as well as in performance gains uh, and in being able to tweak it ourselves and do some optimization under the hood. I definitely think that uh, like the high cost associated with it is very much uh, like the tech being young and being new. And Union was founded approximately a year ago, I think a little bit less. Um, and back then, like a lot less was available, even in a year's time. Uh, performance has increased by a lot across all proving systems. New tech is here right now. So I think in a couple of years, it won't really be an issue. I think the next frontier here, to be honest, is like doing both ZK, IBC, and execution proofs all in one. That's like the God protocol. Um, and I think for that, we're a little bit away performance-wise. Rushi, did you have a follow-up? No, that was, that was my oh. um, follow-up question. Oh, okay, 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 cool. Sorry, I, I was giving you space in case you wanted to. This is this is so interesting. I wanted to pass things over to Celestia to kind of weigh in a little bit. You know, for people who are listening who might not fully understand, you know, the way in which Celestia plays the role in this uh, integration, could you speak a little to, like, the way that, you know, Celestia is playing the part? Absolutely. So, as I mentioned in the beginning, Celestia is a data availability layer. And you can think of data availability as sort of the, one of the fundamental ingredients that any blockchain needs or any application needs in order to run because what data availability is, is basically publishing. So whenever you're running a blockchain, right, it's supposed to be a uh, sort of verifiable system in order for people to verify it. Uh, the data behind the transactions and what's happening on chain needs to be published somewhere that anyone can see. And so uh, Celestia provides a very scalable data availability layer in, in that we implement a new cryptographic primitive called data availability sampling. And this enables us to scale our throughput with the number of users in the network. So why this is so powerful is that in, in, you know, in traditional monolithic blockchains like Ethereum or even Solana, you have a fixed block size. Um, and so eventually, you, know, you, you reach the limits of what you, can, what you can scale while still maintaining decentralization. And in Celestia's case, um, you don't have a fixed block size because the more people running light nodes, the more people verifying the, the chain, the more throughput you can have. So that's really one of the biggest value adds of Celestia is really removing uh, just block space as a constraint for builders. I think we're kind of used to uh, you know, existing and building in this paradigm where uh, you know, we have to worry about throughput and fees and Celestia removes that. And I think we're going to see uh, sort of like a, an explosion of L2s uh, as a result of this. So we're already seeing, for example, L2s that are running on Ethereum that migrate to Celestia for DA experience like a 99% decrease in, in their transaction fees. And they can pass on that saving to their users, or they can also capture some of that, the, the, the fees directly to their sequencer to like be reinvested into their community and their DAOs. So I think that's really, you know, one of the main benefits of Celestia, but to zoom out and kind of connect it to the other teams here, I think it, it kind of comes down to this idea of permissionless innovation. And so Celestia, it, I think, plays a role in permissionless innovation in the sense of it enables anyone anywhere to deploy a blockchain very easily, like within one click, kind of this, it's as easy as deploying a smart contract. So it really makes it, it lowers the barrier to entry for people who want to build a new chain. And I think uh, Noble, for example, does that except for 
stablecoin liquidity. And I think that's extremely powerful because, you know, in the modular stack, sure, yeah, anyone could launch their own blockchain. But if you can't actually, if you had to go and like beg Circle for an integration uh, to support your chain or, or other or some other stablecoin issuer, it would be just so much harder to actually build a viable product. And so I think what Noble Noble's doing very powerful uh, in regards to permissionless innovation because it gives anyone basically access to uh, USDC liquidity. It's been awesome to see uh, Noble climbing the ranks of the USDC.cool uh, leaderboard. And I think it's just like demonstration of, of the product market fit there. And then I think Union also plays a role in the sense of, you know, if you launch a new chain, yeah, sure, anyone can launch a new chain, but if they can't connect to the other chains in this broader, like modular network, then, uh, you know, you have a, like sort of an isolated island, uh, isolated ecosystem, and it's no longer very interesting. And so I think what Union's doing by trying to make bridging, and again, like, yeah, there are, there are solutions to bridging that are per- permissioned, um, but that, again, kind of defeats the purpose. If you have to go and beg that, like, I don't know, layer zero or, or whoever to support your chain, um, that's just not like a scalable or necessarily secure world that we want to live in in the future. So I think Union is doing a great job of, of uh, bringing the state of bridging to where it's permissionless, very uh, secure and decentralized. So yeah, that, that's sort of like the way that I see all these pieces coming together. And I think movement is, is you know, one of the roll-ups that is taking advantage of all these different building blocks to deliver you know, a, new, a new modular ecosystem um, that, that I think we're all really excited about because the move VM has so many new advantages that people haven't experimented with before. I couldn't agree with you more, Nick. And I, I'm so grateful you made this transition so easy for me. I actually was going to ask Jelena this. Um, if, if you could, you know, Nick was, is, was talking about it a little bit, you know, with your packet forward technology and this one click asset transfer that he was referring to, could you kind of give a little explainer, a little introduction to that for the audience who might not understand it and, you know, how this is ensuring safety and security while also maintaining efficiency at the same time? It's really interesting. I feel like, you know, would be fascinating for more people to know more about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that directly in a moment, but I, I did want to just preface um or at least add to sort of what Nick just um, um, kind of explained around permissionless innovation. You know, I, I, I believe um, very strongly all of the teams here and, you know, other teams, you know, kind of building in, in, in this modular um, space um, kind of align with this. But, you know, we're very incentivized to see, um, you know, the roll-up ecosystem exceed, um, you know, union um, extending IBC to, you know, Ethereum, like other, 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 other layer ones, other layers. Like we're very motivated to see these standards um, around um, kind of development, whether that's like IBC, um, you know, or or the Cosmos SDK, really kind of um, pr- proliferate. And uh, Noble, more specifically, um, kind of what we've always, from day one, uh, have said, we want to be that kind of issuance partner, right, for like like a circle, you know, in this in in this Cosmos ecosystem, so that we could see. Um, you know, USDC TVL grow off Noble, right? Like in, on the applications, on the rollups, on the Cosmos chains that will be, you know, um, using, you know, that, that USDC. Right now, we're seeing a lot of that activity on Osmosis, on DYDX, on Kujira. But really, as, as the years go on, um, that, that list will grow and grow and grow and grow. And so I, I did want to just preface, like, there is an element of, like, permissionless innovation, but there's also this um, element of, like, like for Noble, um, you know, at least, 
like kind of propagating kind of kind of um you know a lot uh in this case you know usdc and and other native assets but really just yeah trying to um you know very much grow the pie see like everyone sort of um um so kind of succeed. Um, I hope I hope that was coherent. But anyways, uh, around the packet forward middleware um, um, kind of discussion. So yeah, so for those that have you know used um, you know Cosmos app chains, you know whether that's you know a Dex like Osmosis uh, or Kujira or or you know an NFT chain like Stargaze. Um, kind of historically, there's been challenges around using kind of bridged assets like like um, you know bridged USDC. Um, and, and a lot of that um, kind of um, uh, a lot of those challenges actually stem from um, how kind of IBC kind of works. So if I have, you know, USDC that like, let's say, you know, originates, um, you know, on a bridge, you know, I have to IBC transfer that over, you know, to osmosis. Maybe I want to take that over to Stargaze to buy an NFT. All of a sudden that becomes two hops removed from the origin chain. In this case, um, you know, a, a, a bridge like Axelar, and so um, I have to actually kind of manually like understand. Okay, it's time to unwrap that token to you know redeem it. Um, you know, I have to sort of unwind the path, the IBC path that that token sort of took. Um, and maybe the union team can talk a little bit more about like you know IBC and kind of the fundamentals there. Uh, and so what we kind of uh, you know understood uh, when we were building Noble is that even with something like native USDC, you could feasibly have a very similar situation, right? I originate you know USDC on Noble, I, you know I mint it, maybe I buy it on a, on a centralized exchange like Coinbase, or I you know um, mint it through my Circle account. You know, if I take that, you know, from Noble to Osmosis to DIDX to Stargaze, you know, that's now three hops. And actually, um, technically, that's like three times kind of wrapped, so to speak. And so, um, you know, because of how I, I mean, IBC is very different than like a like a like a custodial bridge like Axlar, but it's, at the same time, it, it is still has those UX challenges. And so we uh, worked very closely with the Strangelove team, which is a, a development team in Cosmos to build out something called Packet Forward Middleware. Um, and this is middleware that sits uh, on top of IBC that any any chain can use. So this is not just for kind of noble, but what it allows is it allows actually that asset to be routed through the origin chain anytime it sort of goes, um, you know, between two kind of um, between two chains. So if I take USDC from um, Osmosis to Stargaze, you know, that's actually writing through noble, and that's sort of maintaining the fungibility of the asset. So that now all of a sudden I know um, it's no it, that asset is always uh, one hop away from the origin chain, meaning it's uh, kind of the native asset. And if I want to redeem it, you know, it's super easy to do so. You know, you don't even actually know it's technically kind of routing through Noble or routing through the origin chain, but um, it is, and that just you know allows it to be um, you know again fungible with the with with, with the it allows it to be fungible with the native asset. So. This is um, again something that's not just for Noble or for you know native USDC. It, it's for you know any kind of um, any asset that or, or originates. Um, you know, like it could be for Osmo from, on Osmosis. It could be Adam for the Cosmos Hub. But it um, you know really does uh, improve the user experience uh, a whole lot. So um, yeah, that's kind of the gist of Packet Forward Malware. Again, you don't really need to know it exists or that it's being like leveraged kind of in uh, on the infrastructure layer, but or on the protocol layer. Um, but it you know, very much as a core component of how USDC is used. Now, on this topic of modular expansion, I know Corel, you want to let somebody say, um, I know Zucky posted about this, um, and he pointed like a cohort for ZK. Um, for Celestia, I want to get the group's thoughts here on like how um, the zero knowledge space really can accelerate 
the Celestia, even the modular space. Um, for us, we're focused on like a ZK move prover um, to make our virtual machine compatible for as a zero knowledge rollup. That's kind of how we're looking at it. Um, I know for Novo that could mean privacy implications, which I'm not sure how that affects the legal side as well as the compliance side. Um, but there's a world where ZK could be for privacy. Um, and obviously the union team is looking at it from the bridging mechanism. Nick, is there any other applications or use cases for ZK um, that have come across your radar for Celestia, either on the sampling side um, to enhance the DA side or just use cases on top of Celestia? Um, and then Jelena, if you want to take from there, and then Corel, if you want to take from that after. Yeah, um, great, great question. So I actually gave a talk about ZK-based uh, improvements to Celestia like a year ago in May. There's like a research day in, in um, New York. I think it's somewhere on YouTube if people are, are interested. Um, it's the two the two main ones that um, come to mind. I mean, obviously, ZK is huge for, for rollups, you know, for validity proofs of, you know, state execution. And then that then, you know, gets used for bridging and, and all those good things that I think most people are pretty familiar with. Some of the ways in which we're thinking of using ZK and Celestia specifically uh, is, first of all, to add a ZK uh, verification functionality actually into the base layer of Celestia. So uh, Celestia is kind of a unique blockchain, unique layer one, and that there's no execution or there's absolute minimal execution in state uh, at the layer one. That's on purpose because we want it to be a very thin, flexible and light protocol um, where the focus of execution and state is all on, on layer twos. Um, and so what that means is there's no smart contract. So we don't actually have a way currently of verifying any uh, ZK proofs or, or anything really on, on chain on Celestia. So one of the cool things is that by adding this functionality, we'll be able to actually have uh, bridges uh, for, for example, the TIA from the Celestia uh, base chain uh, up to uh, like a, a ZK rollup um, above. And then from there, it can continue to, to trustlessly bridge to the rest of the rollup ecosystem. So um, this ZK verification functionality in the base layer of Celestia will enable um, sort of like trust minimized bridging for, for the Celestia token. And it can also enable really cool things around, you know, just generally having um, rollouts that are sort of like uh, sovereign, uh, but natively verified uh, like rollups that are kind of extensions of the Celestia base layer, if you will, like within the same like security zone. So that's one which which I'm really excited about. It's still quite early um, in in designing what that will look like. And then another one which is uh, probably even a little bit more in the research phase is um, when you're doing uh, data availability sampling, um, you can encode you encode the block data in a special way. But there's ways in which uh, a malicious validator could uh, do that encoding. Um, incorrectly uh, on purpose to fool light nodes. And so um, there's a there's ways in which you can kind of allow light nodes to verify the validity of the encoding to avoid that um, situation. And currently, Celestia actually uses a fraud proof mechanism for this, but we could potentially um, layer on some kind of ZK proof of the uh, correct encoding in in uh, of, of the Celestia block data, and that would remove the need for for a fraud proof mechanism. So those are a couple of the the, the main ones. 
Um, hopefully that made sense to people that got a little bit in the weeds into Celestia's technology. But um, yeah, basically at a high level, ZK is going to be huge um, across you know the whole modular stack. Um, so and I, and I, I very much uh, resonated with um, when, when Carl, Carl was talking about sort of like that proof aggregation. I think that's really the end game for um, for bridging and and um, like I, I think the, the proof singularity is like when when we get there, uh, we'll have sort of like completed the modular vision in a sense because we'll have everything kind of posting to a shared security DA layer, and then everyone can. So everyone can sample that shared DA layer. And meanwhile, they can verify that one proof that like sort of like rolls up all the proofs of every other uh, roll up. And you kind of have like this like completely verified um, system. So that's all I have to say really. Yeah, loads of stuff uh, discussed. I want to quickly, uh, Yelena, you were talking about like a path unwinding. So just for people listening in, that's not necessarily a mistake in IBC or limitation, but that's specifically for that like risk isolation, right? To prevent malicious uh, participants in this modular stack from uh, sending bad funds around. And, but it's exactly like proof aggregation and execution proofs that'll allow us to finally remove this from IBC and basically allow like whatever route you want to take to go everywhere. So like this future of proof aggregation, uh, proof of proofs basically solves all of the issues we have in modular right now. And like Nick said, all we need to do is build. So as long as us lazy devs just get to work and start building this, we'll be good. Uh, I think it's gonna take us a few more years to do so, however. Um, Nick, with Celestia, like have you guys thought a lot about like what type of proof systems you guys want to support? What type of verification? Because like in the Ethereum space, it's very much discussed like what like pre-compiles are we going to add? And every single time we kind of finally settle on adding something new, a new curve is discovered that might be more general or have better applications. And so it doesn't get included, right? Like forever, there's a better alternative just around the horizon. Are you just going to take an approach with mm -hmm. that that you just take what's the best right now and be pragmatic? Or what are you going to do there? You know, that, that's partly why we have, we have this... Um, this group, um, this working group, is to sort of uh, get to the bottom of that because it's definitely a political decision of you know like which which proof system to support. Um, I don't think we want to support multiple. We'll probably just choose one. What I will say is uh, that there seems to be some kind of um, convergence on Groth sixteen as like a common like sort of like uh, base proof that everyone kind of aggregates into and there's quite a different few different teams i'm aware of that are like working on gross 16 proof aggregation specifically like nebra labs um and so that seems like a that and that seems like the one that the ethereum community has been most sort of like uh supporting most uh commonly and so that's definitely a candidate but it, it's definitely too early so we would love for example you know union to to chime in uh in that working group and help us and, and the whole community you know to contribute to to this decision. Yes, on the proof side, I'm getting picked up from the VM side. We're doing a lot of graph 16 work um, on the VM level because the move VM at the moment supports full end-to-end -end graph 16 to get proof verification. Um, the usual bottleneck that we see, um, and Corral, maybe you can chime in, is at the elliptic curve level. Um, right now, like I think the CDK and a few other implementations don't support like BLS 12381, um, which is kind of the 
the arithmetic scheme that we use, uh, the Movium generally uses. Um, so we're trying to get more systems adopting that. Usually everything else like works out of the box, like Kikak, um, and like other signature verification standards, but um, the the elliptic curve arithmetic standards usually are different between um, what we've implemented and what we're seeing right now for different role frameworks and different um, D layers. Yeah, it's also like the, the, the choice of curve, right? So it's not only like if you're going to support growth 16, um, so there's a lot of like complex choices that need to be made. I, I would almost say like be pragmatic with this. Like we'll definitely join the working group, Nick, but um, uh, I think you need like you want something that can in the end be used for proof aggregation. That's really the only thing that you want on Celestia. And if you're not going to go with something like that, you might as well just do smart contracts, right? And then like allow us to do uh, Wasm with SIMD and then we can support whatever we want. Um, but I don't think that's really the vision of this base layer. And then people are going to overload it and, and mint uh, Kitty NFTs on Celestia. Um, and with movement, yeah, Rich, I'm not so familiar with like the MoveVM itself uh, and, and how hard it is to uh, ZK that. That's not what you guys are doing for M2 right now, right? Or do you have full execution? No, right now, it, right now it's uh, optimistic standard, but we're looking to make it essentially ZK move prover. It's more R&D phase right now. Um, there's been a few teams that have tried Halo 2 implementations. There's like a ZK move team that did a Halo 2 implementation. We're exploring a Plonky 2 integration at the moment and kind of architecting that out, um, but pretty R&D at the moment. I actually had a quick question from the audience for you, Corel. I also wanted to say uh, there's this amazing quote. It's, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I can say with full certainty, I am far from the smartest person in this room. I, I feel like I speak for the Moran. So I'm really grateful. Uh, this is all so interesting. Corel, there was a question in the audience that asked, if you could explain the difference between union and wormhole for people, um, would, you, would you mind going into that for the folks in here? Yeah, of course. Um, so union is basically a committee-based bridging protocol. So the idea there is that you have a set of actors that form some type of like signature can be multi-sig, XR loses uh, uh, MPC for this, which is a kind of a gas optimization um, to allow certain messages to be passed. So they sign on like specific messages and then uh, those can be verified on the smart contract on the other side. Union is a little bit of like a protocol that has a lot of different technology in there. So we have the Union L1, which kind of acts as like part of the modular stack as something that can be integrated into uh, different L2s to handle uh, bridging interrupt settlements and which like truly serves to be honest for um, a lot of kind of legacy chains that are not able to like switch to ZK that are very expensive to prove um, to use packet forward middleware multi-hop routing to be able to connect to Ethereum. So we're going to do an IBC channel for every single Cosmos chain. We're running into the same cost issues again. Then we also do uh, IBC connections directly. So that's, for example, we're doing with uh, Move and uh, some Alpha. We're looking to support uh, different L2s like uh, Scroll as well in this system. And there we basically construct light clients from different parts of the modular stack. So instead of traditionally you query one chain, all of the data is there. Um, you send that to the other side. You basically have a light client that's compromised of multiple light clients. So an Ethereum light client, a Celestia light client, and you use those different parts to be able to like construct the upper level light clients. Then with that, you don't just verify a single message. You verify basically all messages up to a certain block. So you do a proof for block 100, everything up to 100 is verified. 
And the upside for that is that you don't have certain messages with lower security. And some people might say like, that's a feature, right? Like configurable security, this message doesn't need to be that secure, this message does. But all that means is that your end users now need to make this decision on like, do I need the security for this message? And ideally with like these types of things, you don't want end users or developers using your protocol to make that decision because it's a really big foot gun, right? And you're gonna choose the wrong security level and your protocol is gonna get cracked because developer might think high security for asset transfers, low security for message passing. Someone uses message passing to just take over the entire protocol, control the DAO and now controls all assets anyway. So the real advantage like with IBC is it's just the highest security level by default for all messages. Um, no need to think about this as an end user. And so with Union, like we combine all of that, we expect the protocol to evolve. So we definitely take like a bit of a pragmatic approach where we go, what can we do right now? We didn't set out to build this like proof of proof God protocol immediately, because then our time to market would be like three to four years. And we want to get something out this year. That's awesome, man. Thank you for that explainer. And and I want to open up the space for anybody that's in the audience right now and wants to come up and ask their own questions. I can I can keep going to the community comments that we have and ask some of those, but definitely want to make sure that you know we we allow some time for folks to come up. And uh, and I'll I'll preface this again. I'm so grateful to all the people who came up and spoke. Nick Carell and Yelena, really really insightful conversation, and highly recommend everybody that's in here if you're not already. Make sure you're following the union page, the noble page, Celestia and movement pages as well. Um, but again, you know, if you have any questions, this is a, this could be a once in a lifetime opportunity. This is some busy folks. So I'm going to keep going to the comments, but just feel free to put your hand up if you have a question and uh, we will bring you up. Rushi, there was a question in the chat that was other than Sui and Aptos, would there be any other L1s that would be integrated? Uh, is this a question that you want to jump into or if anybody wants to jump in, please feel free to. Yeah, so from the movement side, Sweden Aptos is the main move implementations at the moment. Um, the DM project originally from the Facebook group um, was kind of the main implementation a few years back. Then it split up into both Aptos and Sui. I'm aware of a few initiatives that were like third party projects, like Starcoin was a proof of work move chain, I believe. Um, I don't, not sure where they are these days. Um, but I would just say like Aptos and Sui style as a move are the main kind of group set spun out and kind of proliferated. Um, the IBC integration that we're working on with Union and um, Noble would probably only apply to the Aptos move at the moment because our VM on the hood is a DM virtual machine, which is pretty much the Aptos move VM. Um, Sui kind of took more time um, and kind of customized their programming language to more fit in with their um, Narwhal consensus model, uh, while Aptos is more um, kind of modular in a sense because it's not directly correlated to um, the Aptos consensus. Um, the main improvements there were like um, the BFT consensus, um, as well as um, on the VM level, block STM. Um, but long story short, it's just Aptos and Sweep right now. Um, hopefully there are other move chains that pop up. Um, we always love innovation in that space. The same individual had a question, which was, would it be possible to bridge tokens between Cosmos chains and move chains through IBC? For example, send from Noble to Sweep. Yeah, I think that's eventually the end game here, right? Like if, our integration goes well and we're able to um, make the connection from Noble to the M2 chain. In theory, um, that ZKIBC connection could also be applied um, to Aptos, but I don't want to speak on top of um, Corel's stack. Um, Corel, how do you, do you think it'd be something that um, if our experimentation goes well, we're able to extend the IBC connection to Aptos mainnet as well as Sui mainnet um, and other L1s like Solana eventually? Yeah, that's definitely the plan. 
Um, Solana previously was a bit of a hard one because like the way their consensus structured, actually quite recently Sovereign Labs came out with the spec for doing uh, light clients on Solana in a very creative way. So we now kind of put it on our internal roadmap as well to uh, start supporting that. Uh, it's really on our end, just a resource uh, issue. Uh, but in the end, we kind of want to make everything IBC compatible. So this kind of leads into one of the final questions that I was going to ask already. And I feel like it's a good time to to start kind of winding this out um, in terms of like visions for the future. You know, we don't want to we're not future future tellers here. We're not fortune tellers. But I do know everybody on this stage has aspirations for the future of where they're heading, where the industry is going. Um, I'd love to start with you, Yelena and, and, and Nick and Carell and Rushi ask you all the same. But what is the what does the future look like for Noble? What are some aspirations that you all have moving into 2024? Yeah, so we uh, are actually have a really exciting announcement um, next week uh, that is coming. Uh, so we'll be um, announcing actually a new asset coming to Noble. Uh, it's an RWA. It's a pretty prominent one, I would say, uh, that's gotten traction kind of elsewhere uh, in crypto. And, you know, that's really what we're trying to do, um, kind of work with these stablecoin issuers, RWA issuers, et cetera to introduce them to Cosmos, introduce them to the stack, to IBC, and really create um, just a really nice kind of onboarding experience. Um, you know, last, uh, before the year ended, we uh, announced our um, implementation of uh, this cross-chain transfer protocol, which is uh, Circle's uh, kind of bridge, you could call it, at CCTP, it allows you to natively um, do cross-chain uh, token transfers between, let's say, ETH um, and Cosmos. Um, uh, in a in a very kind of capital efficient kind of easy way, and kind of this implementation of CCTP is something we kind of we're, we're looking at uh, very deeply into extending to kind of other issuers, right? So we see as you know, um, crypto continues to become more mainstream. Um, you know, we saw this with you know the ETF, for example, uh, as it becomes more mainstream, and as um, you know, we have to consider um, things like, you know, compliance and, and other concerns more deeply. Uh, we just want to sort of be that kind of go to market partner for for these issuers and and really introduce introduce them kind of to the on chain kind of world, um, you know, of, of, of Cosmos, of, of the role of ecosystem, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really the vision, like more assets, more liquidity, uh, more demand, uh, you know, for the applications kind of building, um, you know, on top of um, you know, um, in Cosmos, on top of IBC, et cetera. Um, and uh, really just, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. So um, really making sure that we um, kind of succeed together. I can go next. I, I just want to also just say how grateful the Celestia community is for Noble and what uh, Yelena's doing. Um, I'm really excited to hear what this new uh, asset is. Um, but it, one of the things I love about the modular community generally is that, um, and this is just structural, uh, as opposed to monolithic changes, that we all, it's all kind of collaborative. And we, like Yelena said, a rising tide lifts all boats. And, you know, the work that she does to bring in these uh, institutions into crypto benefits all of us here, uh, as well as like the, the broader modular community. So um, really grateful for that. So on Celestia's side, we have looking forward um, this year. Obviously, we launched late last year, and um, we've been onboarding the first uh, sort of cohort of um, rollups onto our ecosystem. So we've already had a few that have launched, and we have a few more that are announced that are you know moving to mainnet 
very soon. And um, I think we're going to see kind of a continued explosion of, of folks who are migrating to Alt-DA because of the, the cost savings that we talked about. But longer term, um, you know, as more and more people migrate, we're going to have to uh, scale block size and we're going to have to um, make integrations easier and we're going to have to make um, light nodes, uh, sort of like the, the adoption of light nodes, um, much more widespread. And so we kind of have this long-term vision for that we sum up in this uh, three, three phrases. One is gigabyte blocks, um, 1 million rollups, and uh, 1 billion light nodes. And so our, our um, sort of next major milestone is to scale to gigabyte size blocks. And that would be an enormous amount of capacity that we think could support, you know, a billion or more users potentially in the future. Um, and we actually already have been working recently on designs for how we can scale up our block sizes. Um, you know, gigabyte blocks is, is going to be a multi, multi-year thing, but in the near term, you can expect, uh, you know, quite, quite a large increase, I think. And um, a million rollups is also sort of our long-term goal. But I think by the end of this year, I'm hoping that the number of L2s, you know, exceeds, exceeds a thousand uh, rollups. Um, I think that's very much possible. And um, the last thing is the light nodes. Um, and we're working really hard on um, rolling those out into uh, wallets and, and and browsers and things like that. So it becomes like a default for users to be running light nodes because light nodes are really what scale and secure the network more broadly. So that's that's kind of like the high level view of, of where, where uh, the Celestia community is going. Well, I guess I can kind of pick up um, yeah, on our side, looking forward to sprinting towards testnet, um, aiming to launch that next month. Um, we've announced our Parthenon roadmap as a kind of a comprehensive um, incentivized testnet campaign. Um, so over the next few weeks, we'll be rolling that out, um, getting more people using the Move VM um, in the modular stack. Um, yeah, overall, just excited for the next few weeks, seeing more Move robust, move um, activity. Um, recently, that kind of hype has been picking up, as well as seeing more modular chains come up. Um, and hopefully getting this USCC IBC integration off the ground. Yeah, for Union, it's definitely uh, uh, mainnet that we're most excited about this integration, but in, in general, uh, really seeing the products come out in the uh, modular space. Um, and I, I think with all these teams and how with modular, we're capable of each tackling our uh, individual issues, right? Uh, Noble managing to tackle assets and uh, RWA so well, uh, Russia move really getting a new ecosystem off the ground and Celestia binding it all together. I think we have a really good chance to like completely uh, uh, build this like alternative financial infrastructure that uh, we've been trying to do every single uh, market cycle for the last uh, 10 years. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that come off the ground. And I also, you know, first of all, I, I want to say thank you all so much. Um, this was an incredible conversation and I have so many more well, questions. I, I know everybody hears Orushi, are you cut? Did, did I cut you off? Oh, I, uh, my bad. Must have been technical. But um, I think we're just having audio thank issues, you to everyone. Uh, or maybe oh, it's oh. mine. Um, but I guess Go ahead. we can wrap up here. I want to thank everyone for hopping on. Um, now I'm replacing Will's mod position. But yeah, thank you for the Union, Noble, and Celestia teams for hopping on. It's been a pleasure. And really looking forward over the next few weeks to rolling this out and presenting to the public um, as one of the first integrations. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for the time and looking forward to it. And make sure you're following the pages, y'all. Union Noble Celestia Movement. Stay tuned. Stay up. Stay blessed. You're all amazing. Thank you so much for coming. And um, we'll, we'll be back next week with more. 
we got a lot and you know a lot of things coming soon we got some great events coming for those of you coming to eat denver stay tuned and uh, again to Corel, to yelena and to nick thank you all so much for joining us today it was a real pleasure and uh hopefully we'll have you all back on the spaces soon so we can get into even more thanks will take care all thanks guys see ya welcome to the movement y'all that was amazing Mark. thank you dude appreciate you helping out and uh have a wonderful rest of your day everyone Another episode of Movement Talks. Let's go. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality, stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments, red down. Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear Flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting nottas And then to end a long day Eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy To pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists Jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity Before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss It's all moss And I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap Yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary fall Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle Beats, tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few Z's And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Spaces.